welcome to Hammer and Task Radio slash TV slash 360 YouTube. Um, this is a great format for us to interview innovators and pioneers in the immersive content space. As usual, my name is Mac. On my right is my good friend, Mike. And over there is... Olivier. Today with us we have... My name is Eric Hein. I'm from Archiact Interactive. Lovely. So, tell us about Archiact Interactive. Uh, Archiact Interactive is a full-service VR um, experience studio. Um, currently, we had one of the first uh, cardboard games out called uh, uh, Little Lamper. Um, you can find that on Google and uh, on a couple other platforms. So it was one of the first cardboard vir uh, virtual reality experiences. Um, and we recently launched uh, uh, Lamper VR Firefly Rescue, which is the sequel, and that's on Gear VR right now and soon to be launched on both Oculus Rift and on Google Cardboard. Okay, so um, it is 2015. What month are we in? It is September of 2015. Anybody who's involved in the virtual reality space is well ahead of the curve. We all think we're shaping the future. We all think we are creating our own destinies. I've known you for like 10 years or something stupid. Mm -hmm. How did you end up in the VR space? Uh, well, obviously I've heard about it for a long time, but uh, recently um, I was at DNA, um, which is a mobile game company. I've been doing mobile games for a long time, premium model stuff. And uh, DNA actually had built a, an early game for the Samsung Galaxy Gear. That's a Protocol Zero. It's a first-person shooter um, in the virtual space. So they worked with Skybox Labs, which is also to Vancouver, a really kick-ass studio, and they put this out on on, um, on the Samsung Galaxy Gear. Now, being in studio at DNA, I had access to some of the, the dev kits and some of the early hardware. I would take that home, and I would play with it quite a bit, and I got super excited about a lot of the VR stuff that I was seeing. I can see a lot of the potential, so when they sadly um, shut down the Vancouver studio for DNA, I immediately went out and started looking for virtual reality gigs, because that's something that I'm super excited about. And not I was lucky enough to land one. you looking for, but you found those gigs, so now that's you're right. an executive producer at that company. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, I'm a lucky guy. How does it feel being a pioneer? Uh, I don't really think of myself as a pioneer, as I'm just... Uh, um, I'm trying to experience what everyone else is trying to see or trying to get it a little bit further. So right now there's not a lot of people who know about VR. Um, I think most gamers do, but there's a very small market. And so there's a challenge here where um, studios can't make content very easily because there's no money to be made yet. So I'm out there trying to also get people to try VR. Uh, yeah, I take the train into Vancouver every day and on the train I'm putting it on people's heads, showing them stuff, trying to get people excited about it. So this market will grow as fast as we possibly can. And the sooner there's a market there, the sooner there's money to be made, the sooner there's money to be made, there'll be lots of great headsets and lots of great content out there. Did you just say that you take the train into Vancouver and put the headsets on strangers on your way? Do you like strike up a conversation and do that? I do that regularly, yes. I would say there's at least, uh, out of the week, I've showed it to about five to ten new people every week. Uh, and it blows everyone's minds. Dude, you are the, you are the prophet of our people. You are our evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> one head at a time, you know, just one head at a time. But we got to grow this business, so um, I'll so do my part. So what really stuck out for me when you were just talking was you said you came from DNA who were based on the freemium economy. That's how they make all their games. They're obviously very successful at that. I think they have a bigger market cap than EA at this point. Could be wrong, but I think so. Either them or Greedo. One of them is just stupid big. Um, 
how are we going to make money in VR when you are sitting in your mansion a couple of years from now and you got like, you know, lions coated in gold that bring you your dinner or something ridiculous? How is it that you've made your money? Are we going to see the free-to-play model brought to the VR space? Are people paying for content? Is it something altogether new? Is it ad-based? What's going on? Uh, it's going to be different. Obviously, I think the freemium model will come to VR space, uh, but hopefully by then it's evolved a little bit. It's a little more of a, of a merge between what you see with uh, your traditional games, you know, what you see on Steam or what you see on Xbox or PS4, um, and a little bit of the freemium model. So I think what you'll probably see is a lower price point than what you're seeing normally. You know, maybe it's not a dollar the race to the bottom because that's really hard to make money unless you can move a million units or 50 million units, you know, like Candy Crush to actually try and turn a profit there. Uh, but we'll see, you know, five, ten dollar, uh, twenty dollar experiences with more of a DLC um, content. What is the single most mind-boggling VR experience you've engaged with so far? Uh, so there's a couple really good ones that I've tried out so far. Obviously, I think out of the devices, um, and I played a few of the devices, and I'm, I'm lacking uh, one major device at this point. Um, is the HTC Vive. So, you know, you had a little chance to experience that very recently. Eric um, showed me the HTC Vive today. It was unbelievable. My mouth was held open. It was incredible. So that's the portal demo where you actually experience a lot of the portal characters and you go through a little sequence in there. Um, the quality bar is really high on that. You really feel like you're there. Like you get that sense of holodeck. And, I, you know, I show a lot of people the Samsung Galaxy Gear and the cardboard. And, you know, I can blow people's minds with very specific apps on there. But when you go to the HTC Vive, you get that real terminology where they say presence. You forget that you're wearing the headset a little bit. Sure, it's uncomfortable and it's still a bit of a... Uh, a ski mask feel, but uh, you really feel like you're there. You're walking around. You're interacting there, and you kind of you kind of lose that sense that you're in a room tethered to a computer. Um, so I would say that's probably one of the highest quality uh, devices I've used so far. And there's lots of demos out. Steam's been um, Steam's been fantastic about this stuff. They're just trying to get it in people's hands. They're trying to keep the cost low. They're trying to share the technology with everyone. They made Lighthouse free and open, so anyone can actually uh, build on top of it. They didn't keep it to themselves. Um, so that's been amazing, and I and I have a feeling Oculus is going to be really good when they come to market. But they're keeping their stuff a little tighter. Um, they're learning a lot from the Valve guys. The Valve guys are sharing a lot with Oculus, um, so that's really good to see. And you can see their new touch controllers are are based on a very similar technology. Um, the only thing I'm not sure about with with Oculus is how they're going to do the room stuff. So HTC Vive really requires quite a bit of space. Um, you know, as you saw, it was like a nine foot by thirteen foot space that's kind of required. That's a challenge for most people. But I do know that Steam and Valve. Um, they're looking for uh, any good experience, so it doesn't actually have to be a room experience. You can be sitting down and having an experience and not require moving around. Um, Oculus is certainly going after the sitting down experience, and they will bring in the room experience, I believe, um, with that. Okay, um, I have no more questions. Olivia, do you have any brilliant insights on this one? Yeah, well, I, I was wondering, um, since games, I mean, they're going to get very, very addictive, very immersive. People are going to feel like they're inside the games. Do you think it's going to create issues where people are not going to want to step out of the game? And whenever they step out of the game, they're going to feel not at ease or not happy. And yeah. So that's a really good, uh, that's a really good question. Um, this has come up recently. So you already have kids with their cell phones out while their parents are trying to talk to them on the couch. 
and they won't lift their head up, they won't get off their phone, they won't stop text messaging. Now you're going to have a, a further issue with teens while they're sitting on the couch with these headsets on. How do you pull them out? How do you get their attention? Do you just rip it off their head? That's not respectful. So I think you're going to have a real problem um, once the convenience is there and people are just like living in their virtual worlds, um, socializing the virtual worlds, taking that uh, those chat rooms that they're or the texting back and forth or, or Facebook, and they're actually just in another space hanging out there. Um, so they're going to have to watch be... food they're getting too fed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually have read a few uh, good VR books that are related to this stuff. Again, fantasy, sci-fi, like Otherland is a great series. And uh, there's another one that appears, Anthony, uh, where they paint some of these pictures where people can't get out of these spaces or don't want to get out of these spaces. Um, and so there's been lots of uh, interesting stuff that came out of that. But, uh, you know, you already hear on the news about people who are neglecting their family, their kids, their dogs, because they're not coming out of, you know, these MMOs. Um, I think it is going to get a lot worse with VR. And in, in theory, um, it could paint VR as a, as a real big negative. People aren't actually um, ever coming out. I'm sure you're going to see at some point in the next 20 years, um, you know. Uh, it becomes a matrix. Yeah, it becomes the matrix. It's going to become uh, uh, real challenging to for some people to even want to come back, and so they may resign themselves to like uh, you know give up on life and just live there. And then when when bad things happen, bad things happen. So um, I hope it doesn't come about like that. But uh, um, you know, I suspect that we're going to see something like that as just a nature of uh, how good those experiences are going to end up being. Sadly. There's a good chance that you're going to be a regular guest on our shows. You might be, in fact, our like game editor expert that we bring in regularly. Uh, we may follow you around on the SkyTrain and yeah. videotape you putting the headset on people. Well, the, the same thing is, so it's not the SkyTrain I take it. I don't think I do it on the SkyTrain. That's a little bit of a different uh, audience in some cases. I take the West Coast Express, so it's, right. uh, it's a bit safer on there. Dude, you just got train snobby on me. You just train snobbed me. I take the SkyTrain. I would, I would love to be on the show if you guys need me again. I love talking about this stuff, so feel free. It will be true. Have a good one, Eric. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, everyone. Bye. Have a good